You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, guys? Welcome into Good Morning Lambo. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, Packers Total Access at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. Just ready to hang out with you guys and gals this morning, talk a little Packers football. we got all kinds of information to share. I've been digging through SIS this morning, Tim, and it's like, oh, like that. Let's screenshot that. Let's grab that. There's, I mean, there's just a ton of, a ton of things to look forward to with this Packers team moving forward. Um, of course, we got a playoff game to talk about, so we're going to begin to dive into that as well. A little Packers Cowboys preview. But how are you doing this morning, brother? Man, feeling great. Got the driveway <laughs> cleared off. We're we're good to go. <laughs> That's right. I was I was kind of keeping up last night watching everybody tweet out and you know hearing people complain about how long it took to get home and and all those things, but. Uh, Man, it looks beautiful for sure. So um, I know uh, Lambeau Field and the Packers actually tweeted this photo out yesterday, I think it was. Yesterday, the day before, right right when the snow got there. So uh, kind of cool shot there at Lambeau. Just uh, like you said, all quiet, empty, little snow flying. A yep, little dusting. No big deal. No big deal at all, man. I love it, man. I'll tell you what, that place, every time I walk out of that tunnel, I've been blessed to do it probably, I don't know, probably 10 times now. And uh, – it never gets old, man. It never gets old. Just love that place. So, yep, heaven on earth, man. Yeah, let's give a shout out to everybody in the chat. Appreciate y'all swinging through this morning, making us a part of your day. Uh, we got Omer in here. We got Bleeding Green and Go. We got Doug. We got Ron Laurencio, one of the coolest names on YouTube. Omer, like I said, got the got the uh, the profile pic changed again. Now we got Dak all sad after the Dad, Dad, time I, like that. I like that one. Let's keep that one for a little bit, old mayor. At least until we get boat race, right? Now, I'm just kidding. I think it's I think uh you know, usually every week I go in and and you know I'm more on the conservative side. I'm like, I you know, listen, any given Sunday, any given Sunday, and, and you try to find those little spots where any given Sunday can occur. And uh this one, you know, many people were expecting the Cowboys to just absolutely boat race the Packers, and I'm kind of looking at it going, you know, 
think they lost three in a row, if I remember correctly. I don't know if I, I want to say I want to say that. I could be wrong. Um, I know I've got the information here. Let me pop this up real quick, and then we'll come back to it later. We're already off topic. That's all right, though. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the Cowboys schedule there. So um, if I drop that comment down, it's good to see you in here, Omer. Appreciate you, buddy. Did I even read this comment? I didn't. <laughs> PTA Posse in the house, ready to rock Packer Nation. Let's freaking go, Cowboys. You're next. I love the confidence. All right, so, yeah, when you look at their schedule here, and, and we'll come back to this in a little bit. I just want to glance. Yeah, they lost three in a row. They lost at Buffalo, at Miami, and at home against Detroit. So, I mean, they're a beatable team. There's no two ways about it. But uh, I always try to look at it from the coach's standpoint. Well, they beat Detroit. They beat Detroit. Uh, That was the the Dan Campbell, I can't let go of the two-point conversion game. Look at their schedule there on the 30th. Yeah, it's a dub, 20 to 19. Ah, see, the spread was what I was looking at. Got it. There you go. And they beat and they beat Washington, so, yeah, so they're on a two-game win streak. Yeah, so they lost to Buffalo, lost at Buffalo, lost at Miami. I seen that and was like, I didn't know they lost three in a row. So they're talking yeah. about they lost against the spread. PFF does it against the spread there as well, which they look like they've hit pretty often this year against the spread. I mean, technically speaking, they did kind of lose to Detroit, but we'll leave that alone. Very good point. Very valid point. Cowboy fans swinging through, go shut up. Don't know what <laughs> you're talking about. Um, man, that was one of those things that I went, oh, the call was good. And then I went, oh, the call was bad. <laughs> and then I heard an official tweet and I went, oh, the call was okay. No, we're good. Yeah, what are they talking about? And then I was like, no, the call was horrible. <laughs> I kept bouncing back and forth because you get people, you know, uh, trying to – trying to cipher through to all the information and, you know, what is the actual rule? Was it actually uh, ineligible? Did it not report correctly? Was it an illegal formation? It was just like 30 minutes of chaos. I had to delete two tweets. <laughs> I was Near, like, nearly three oh. weeks later and Dan Campbell's blood pressure has now finally returned to its normal baseline. <laughs> he went from his six cups of coffee down to four now. Man. <laughs> Man, when you hear about that cat's intake, his caffeine intake, my goodness gracious. But that's a that's a big old uh, engine to fuel. There's no doubt about that. So, um, All right, let's do this. Let's kind of get into it. Let me remember what order we were going to go in. I wanted to start on the offensive side of the ball, so why don't we kick things off with a little Kurt Benkert. He's one of the best followers, I think, on Packers Twitter. Obviously, a uh, former backup quarterback for the Packers does an excellent job uh, breaking down the tape. I, you know, you're going to hear people criticize Kurt Ben Kurt. They even criticize Kurt Warner, and I can't help but just roll my freaking eyes. And it's the same people that, when it gets to a topic and you talk about whose fault is this, this you know, the defense in general. You talk about the defense, and it's like, well, they're just bad. They're just a bad defense. We need to get better. Okay, what, well, what, why are they bad? Well, it's just we hold them to nine points. Yeah, but it's 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 how they got the nine points. Okay, <laughs> and I still don't understand the whole. How do you find a way to complain about a defense that doesn't give up a touchdown? Is it's unbelievable. Me. There's still people saying that you know it's absolutely horrible that you give up a long drive and hold them to a field goal. It's like yeah, you'd rather them score quick. Uh, yeah, I I not score at all. <laughs> right. I, I would rather them get the field goal in three plays. I completely agree, but to sit here and pretend like it's a negative. That you held on the three points is just mind-boggling to me. And the problem <laughs> is you've got these people who are so dug in. And, and if you go back and follow what they've done all year long, Tim, it's like one second it's, 
uh, this team, this team is young. They, you know, we're just trying to establish what we got. Okay. Make no mistake about it. And you'll see it in their headlines, their tweets, the titles, all that. We're going to the, you know, this is a, this is a team that's built for now. And then it'll go back to, this is a tear down. We got to tear this thing down. Then it'll go back to, we're a Super Bowl contender. It's like, same thing with the defense all year long. Um, but I, you think God never farted? Exactly. You know, <laughs> I understand what to put it in perspective, Tim. I understand <laughs> nobody's perfect, right? I get it. But when you dig in so, so hardcore every single week, like, no, these idiots aren't looking at the data. Here's what's actually happening. And then you go, why did it happen? What happened? What you explain it? Well, I can't, I can't explain exactly what happened on the field. It's just that's what the data show. Okay. Oh, so frustrating, man. One of the topics that's been brought up too is Quay Walker's comments. We're going to play them here in a minute. I want to get to Kurt Benkert first. I want to hit the positive, the positive, and then we'll get to it's not necessarily negative, but just kind of talking a little bit more in detail of what exactly is going on uh, with the defense, the organization, because people have tried to paint this picture all year long that the players absolutely hate Joe Barry. And it's a revolt in the locker room and all that. I'm sure there's been issues. Got You ask any former NFL player. I got a good friend of mine. He's a former edge rusher, played for the Patriots, played for the Chiefs. You ask him, he's like playing, but they have no idea how much fighting goes on behind the scenes in the locker room. <laughs> so to sit here and pretend like if everything isn't hunky-go-dory, that's out of the norm is just silly. I think the Packers – do an excellent job keeping this thing together. And I think Joe Barry has done an excellent job in the media taking heat off of his players, you know, and still being honest. The Carrington Valentine gaffe there against the Giants playing too far off. He, It's like he confirmed, yeah, he didn't get the call. But listen, he's the farthest defender from the call. He's a seventh-round rookie playing his first year in the league. Like he was giving him every single out. I think the players probably look at Barry like they like playing for him. Now, is he getting the most out of him? I think we would all agree probably is, right? And that's why. I mean, you know, a good sign on that Valentine play is that he didn't have a call and he did the right thing, which was played exactly. off, kept it, kept it in front of him rather than pressing up and getting roasted. So I give but him that, credit. That doesn't fit their narrative, right? It doesn't give yep. them pitchforks to go, you know, get rid of. And you notice that week, too, when they didn't fire Joe Barry, everyone said, well, then – then by God, Matt LaFleur needs to be gone. Yep. Where are they at now? I'm looking for those cats. Where are they at? Now? I just hear crickets. That's it. <laughs> so you got to give this coaching staff credit, man. Just like we've had to give Goody credit too. You know, Goody's God, he's done a hell of a job with this draft class, man. Unbelievable. Anyway, let's hear what Kurt Benkert had to say about Jordan Love. Again, go give him a follow on Twitter. You guys are already following. You're following us. You're definitely following him. He does a phenomenal job. We're going to try to get him on the show. I know he's a busy man. seems like every time I've reached out to him, he's been traveling and stuff, so I don't want to hound him too much. But I'd like to get him on here and just talk a little ball with him and uh, get him to set me straight on some stuff. Because that's the thing, too. Like, I'm sitting here talking about other people who are so – it's not about being wrong. I'm wrong all the time. It's about admitting you're wrong and conceding to the fact that, no, here's what former players, former coaches are actually saying. But here's what Kurt Binker had to say about Jordan Love. Team of the NFL season, Jordan Love went insane just when the Packers needed it most. Winning your end situation for them, he decided to throw for a near 85% completion percentage, over 300 yards and two touchdowns. And we're going to dive in and see exactly how he did it. Now we got three flooding this way off of motion, little play fake. 
First hitch, balls out. This one, man. Look at like the confidence and the rhythm that he plays with on this throw. And look at how this affects the yards after catch. In stride, doesn't have to miss a beat. And he's able to take this from the 30. Slither through a little bit and get an extra 15 yards. And like those accurate throws in rhythm on time are the difference in this offense because they can feed off a of yak. Here we go. Third and five. Another critical situation. They're down by three still. This game was really uncomfortable in the first half. But Jordan Love was fine, dude. Look, they're playing at the sticks. Nice little pivot route. Probably going to wrap inside. But behind him, yep, we got a through route over here from what it looks like. Uh, we got basic on the backside. We'll take it. Let's go back to the front of that. So he goes one, probably an out route over here with a corner route with a burst by the running back with a backside basic. Look at Jordan's feet on this progression. Here we go. First hitch, second hitch, balls out. Like he knows exactly where he needs to go in the progression. He sees it. He puts it back shoulder away from the Mike linebacker that's going to absolutely kill him. I think it's the Mike linebacker. It's one of the linebackers. Going to kill him. Makes a great contested catch. You can see right here, if he had led him, he would have gotten absolutely killed. He's able to make a great back shoulder catch. Holds on to it. And Melton made some crazy catches in this game. Also got robbed of one, but he's been coming on as of late. All of these Packers young receivers have been balling this year. And this game especially, they really stepped up. This game is not over. They're only up by eight. They need this right now. Right here, they're playing 11 plug. This is the plugger. And what that tells you with these guys is they need to be playing outside leverage, outside leverage. He should be playing outside leverage too because he's got help inside. Also, he's got the safety. So let's see how it plays out. All right, they kept their leverage. But what happens? Jordan Love knows that it's 11 plug, knows that this is going to have outside leverage, meaning if he has a through route with a plugger, all Jordan has to do in his three-step drop is hold this plugger, and he's going to have a rip on a through route. First hitch, balls out, decisive throw on a dime. Like, Jordan knows the coverage, sees the coverage, and knows the answer. And that's the thing in this game right now and what you're seeing out of them. Jordan's not being fooled by any protection issues with blitzes. He's not being fooled by many coverages. And the receivers are seeing it the right way because that route by him it's a through if it's one high it's a seam bender if it's too high and if it's 11 plug and you know you have outside leverage you need to break to daylight with speed at a great angle instead of ooze out of it like they have so much trust in each other right now they're playing really good football and it's exciting to watch stop playing with them stop playing with them exactly the you know you hear the lingo too talking about plug what i'm pretty sure he's talking about is what i refer to as cover one drop right playing drop playing the, the linebackers kind of plug in the middle dropping in the middle in the middle zone short mid zone um i love hearing the different terminology you'll hear kurt warner go this play here we called it this now yep. you'll hear some former players will just refer to it like everyone calls it that right and that's where you can get into a bit of a pissing contest me, I tried to I tried to create a lingo about eleven years ago for me that works for me, and I try to explain to people when I'm diagramming the the, the play. Here's why I call it that, right? And ninety nine percent of the lingo I've gotten from other coaches. I've got high school coaches I reach out to. I've got one college coach I'm plugged in with, and just try to get a little bit of a better you know feel for what the lingo is. And it's yeah, not we about say the same to, thing. We just say it differently. Exactly. And as long as you explain it like Kurt Ben Kurt does, it doesn't matter how you say it because yep. you're still giving the explanation. And, and then some the of these calls too, like on the, the alerts and the cans and the checks, like they can change the meaning too. Like, I don't know if you heard, we heard a couple Halle Berry, Halle Berry. <laughs> yeah. we, we've been hearing Halle Berry since Aaron Rodgers was quarterback. You can't possibly tell me that means the same thing uh, this year that it did, you know, eight seasons ago. You, you keep some of that verbiage, but you, you change the, uh, the specifics. So it's pretty interesting. Yeah. And you know, it's uh, the other thing too. You remember down ironically down in Dallas, 
uh, it was several years ago, Chris Christie, the yep. uh, the politician, right, from New York or Jersey, wherever it was. Yeah, Jer- or New York yep. was in the stadium, and Aaron changed one of the calls to New York Bozo. <laughs> New York Bozo, New York Bozo. And everybody was like, oh, my God. I love him. Yeah. yeah, we've heard a lot of them, you know. Obama, Obama, you know. Yeah, like yeah, it's right. just, I think it's a cadence thing. And, you know, a lot of those checks, you, you want to be creative, but at the same time, you can't have too much. It can't be too much. It's got to be quick, and the guy's got to know what's going on. Yeah, You always, always look for that when you'll hear, you'll see Jordan can, and then it's like look to the line and see how many players are going, okay, yeah. I got it, I got it, versus how many players are going, wait, what? what's Halle Berry? What does that like, mean? Like we've seen Sunday where instead of seeing this, everybody went. And they ran three <laughs> different plays on one play. So there you go. Cheesehead Murph in the house says there's a tweet out there where they said trade Jordan for a first and start Clifford shaking my damn head. Ungrateful. It's unbelievable, man. And and some of them, it's like they got a big following. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. It, when I when I come across that, I never want to dunk on people. I never want to comment on their tweets. Now, you come into my tweets talking crap. I'm going to slap you a couple times, block you and move on. Right. But I see some of them tweets and there's been several people I'm talking about tens of thousands of followers and I go mute. He told me everything I needed to know. He's just trying to feed the mob and get interaction. Right. Um, so, but yeah, that's, it's just silly Murph. There's no doubt about it, buddy. Uh, Ron says all these fair weather fans will return whenever the Packers lose. Oh, bro. That's the other thing too, that bothers me is they're, they're just giddy, right? Giddy when they win. And then when they lose, it's I've been I told y'all this in week three, yeah. But weeks nine through twelve, you you weren't saying that, were you? <laughs> now you're back on the the doom and gloom train. So anyway, try and put the emotions on the shelf and think yeah. about this game with your brain a little bit. Let's be grown up here. Let's be grown ups here. Let's don't just say well the defense is bad. They're just bad. God, it drives me crazy. Um, why why genius? Tell me why they're bad. Uh, Omer in the chat says, extend Tom Clements. Um, fix Brett Forbes' insane interception ratio uh, or in- interception rate, I should say. Turned A-Rod into the best ball control quarterback ever. Developed Kyler Murray into a very competent quarterback. Turning Love into another Hall of Fame quarterback. I'll tell you this, man. Omer, if you if you had topped that out in week seven, it, two weeks into this, this run here, I'd have said, calm down, Omer. The more time goes by, Tim, I'm like, I, I'm not going to sit here and just roll out, not not even roll out, but I'm I'm no longer going to go stop with the Hall of Fame quarterback stuff. I'm just like, what he's doing right now, guys, 18 touchdowns and one interception, is that what it is, Tim? Am I, did I have that right? Something like that. It was something crazy. Let's say it's 15. That means he's on pace to have 30 touchdowns and two interceptions. I'm going to tell you a quarterback from Green Bay that never did that. That's, that was Aaron Rodgers. Remember, he had four interceptions in one season. That was like his best. Like the run that Jordan Love is on right now is, and that's where I do have to step back and go, guys, I don't think he can possibly continue to play at this level. It's it's just going to kind of come back down to earth a bit. But, man, what a run he's on, dude. Another guy never did that. His receiving is tough. Exactly. <laughs> I don't think he ever came close to it, did he? Uh, Doug says, hey, Clayton, you showed us how Jair played too far off DJ Moore, allowing Moore to catch underneath route with Quay Chasen. Said that on a forum and got asked if I was a Joe Barry burner account. Hey, Doug, welcome to the club, my man. If you mention that stuff, 
like literally, I heard it said again yesterday on a podcast. I was listening to a podcast yesterday, and the guy said, "Well, if you know, if we could just get a DC in here, that would stop putting linebackers on wide receivers." And I'm going, "Y'all, oh my god, you have no clue what you're freaking talking about." You're not even watching. You're not even trying to understand. Someone came at me for that very play and said, I think it was on Jonathan Owens, and Jair was passing it to Jonathan Owens. Okay, so Jair is one of ten. But you, you understand Jonathan Owens has an assignment on the opposite side of the field too in man coverage, right? Like, it doesn't work like that. You can't pass anyone off in man coverage. Your job it's- is to cover your man. The you only, could switch. In theory, you could switch. We could switch. But I can't – yeah, I can't pass them off to you. And you've seen the play where he was trying to – literally, it happened twice in the game where Jair – DJ Moore starts across and he waves Jair. It was the very first play we showed on Chalk Talk. And Jair kind of lags. And Savage is going, dude, get over here. What are you doing? Cover your guy. And he runs over. He gets there late. And at the last second, Carrington's watching him like, is he going to get here? And he doesn't get there in time. So – they just pointed at each other and okay, I'll take DJ, you take him, right? Carrington, and Barry's in the booth going, Oh, you know it. You know, and that's what's <laughs> crazy. They got a camera right here on him, yeah. and he never shows he never shows that frustration. Yep. Says a lot about the man while the fans are calling for his head, you know. So um Doug went on to say they thought Quay was assigned to cover more LOL. I've heard it all week long, and I'm just like, and if you bring it up, if you just and and my only the only way I know to respond is to say. Hey, you want you want to jump on a quick call? Let's jump on a quick video call real quick. We ain't got to record it. I'll just show you. I'll show you. Hey, here's what I'm seeing. You show me what you're seeing. Crickets every time. Yep. Because that removes their ability to just complain about Joe Barry. Don't let facts or logic get in the way of your misguided opinions, right? It's yeah. Never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, in the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. It's just, uh, and you got to let people fan how they want to fan. I get it. It's just... I don't go climbing into people's mentions talking about this stuff. Now, when someone comes at me with it, like like he was saying, you know, uh, oh, you're Joe Burry burn account? Yeah, okay. You want to talk ball? No. Get out of here. Mute, block, move on. That's all you can do, man. That's all you can do. 
when we talking about Kurt Binkert was talking about these young targets and how well they're playing, right? This is cool. Yesterday we covered the receivers. I went through the tight ends and I wanted to see kind of where Tucker Craft stacked up across the league. And I didn't know exactly how this would go. I know he has zero drops, right? So what I did was I jumped into SIS and I did receiving rating, receiver rating for tight ends across the league. Minimum 40 targets, okay, to filter out the noise. So you had to have at least 40 targets to make this list, right? Luke Musgrave and Tucker Craft have both had 40 targets. So it gives us a good even playing field here. Tucker Craft is currently fourth in the entire National Football League in receiver rating. And what that is is passer rating when targeted. It's the quarterback's passer rating when he tries to get the ball to said player. So Tucker Craft is fourth at 117.4. Ahead of him, Isaiah Likely barely had enough targets um, at 40, right? Tucker Craft has 41. Isaiah Likely, 147.0, 40 targets. That's You want to know why the Ravens have stepped up. Look at their tight end play, bro. Their tight end play is just phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Isaiah Likely, number one at 147.0. Mark Andrews, number two at 133.5. Granted, Mark Andrews has, what, 21 more targets than Isaiah Likely. Um, George Kittle, number three at 122.5. Then Tucker Craft, 117.4. I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. Out of all of the people on the screen right now, and the screen grab would only show the top 14 tight ends in receiver rating with a minimum of 40 targets. There's only one tight end on this screen that hasn't had a drop yet, and that's Tucker Craft. So it, it tells really two different things. A drop will drop your receiver rating down significantly, right? It's going to. It's going to. It's going to drop it down. So with that being said, the fact that these other guys don't have any, or these other guys have multiple drops, and Tucker Craft is still up there toward the top of that, tells me he's not been as good in other aspects of his game, right? That's just something to kind of make a mental note. Nothing, you know, real concrete here, but it is something to make a, a mental note of. In the number 13 spot, you've got Luke Musgrave at 102.8. I think we would all agree going into this year if you just said, hey, look, one of these rookie tight ends is going to be starting, and he's going to finish in the top 15 in receiver rate, and I think we would have been, heck yeah, man, sign me up. Sounds good. That's that's freaking awesome, right? Because all we've heard in the past is it takes multiple years for the tight ends to get their feet under them, to have success. We have blown that narrative completely out of the water now, and I'm so excited about it. So, again, Tucker Craft, number four tight end in the league with receiver rating, which is passer rating when target. When you go to drops, there's only two tight ends in the entire NFL who have zero drops this year. Okay, you can't see it. It's under Good Morning Lambo, but just trust me. Tucker Craft and Mike Gusecki out of uh, New England. Uh, Tucker Craft, 41 targets. Mike Gusecki, 45. So I thought that was pretty cool. One of two in basically ball security, right, is essentially what it is. And he is fourth in the league in receiver rating. So really, really good stuff. From uh, from Tucker Craft and Luke Musgrave, what do you think, Tim? Uh, what what stands out to you about that, man? Any thoughts, comments on that? Uh, Goody looking like a genius again. I mean, Tucker Craft coming on has just been so huge for this team. I mean, that can't be understated. I mean, you had you know Luke Musgrave was really hitting his stride and uh, you know kind of really stepping into that you know te one role, and then you know obviously goes down with a you know pretty serious injury. And uh, Tuck Norris, man, 
just just stepped up, dude. You know, just stepped up. I mean, you're talking zero percent drops. I mean, if the ball's near him, he's catching it. Um, and then yards after the catch, phenomenal. And then doing the dirty work, man. Just looking for, like you always talk about, looking for work, man. Get out there and hit somebody. Uh, even if you can't get to, you know, maybe someone chipped the guy you were supposed to hit. Well, he'll find someone else out in that progression and lay them <laughs> out too, you know. And you got to love that. Normally, man, you see a lot of these these rookies and these young players. You got to coach them up with that kind of stuff. You got to tell them, yeah. hey, we need you to block. We need you to do the little things. And it's like, you know, the guy's a Swiss Army knife when it comes to uh, playing football. And, um, you know, having not one, but two stellar rookie tight ends. I mean, the future looks bright. And then, you know, I can't say enough about Ben Sims either, who has really come on late and just been, you know, solid for us, especially uh, in the past pro and, and, and run blocking for that matter um, as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah, you know, guys like uh, Tyler Davis and uh, Josiah DeGuara are kind of, kind of kind of shaking their head a little bit <laughs> little nerves um but the tight end room looks good man for years to come and uh you know it, it's a testament to Goody and uh and his ability to put together a team in the draft yeah for sure Jen Wright says two tight ends in the top 13 buddy yeah fired up about it third round curse margin cron says with the zombie emoji I think the third round curse is dead is what they're saying there um, yep. It sure feels like it. Curse broken. Everybody got it. Jen said curse broken. Nick McSwain, uh, Musgrave at 13. Think of the 12 personnel, right? And think of what we just said with Baltimore. I think if I'm – let me pull this up. This just hit me. Sometimes this happens because you guys start talking um, intelligent stuff, and it makes me think of uh, specifically – let's see here. Are there any other teams other than the Ravens and the Packers that have two tight ends in that category? That's what I want to see. Nick McSwain said uh, Musgrave at 13 there. So just that's what kind of brought that up. Let's see here. Any other teams? You got the Ravens, right? You got the Packers twice. 49ers are not on there twice. The Saints are not on there twice. The Lions are not on there twice. The Chargers are not. The Bears are not, right? Patriots. Patriots, surely they are. They run a lot of 12. No, they're not. Chiefs, nope, right? Yeah, so – only the Packers, if I'm looking at this correctly, only the Packers and the Ravens. They're the only two teams on that list to have two tight ends in the top 14. And the Ravens are one of the hottest teams in the league right now. So that's that's kind of cool. Cool little nugget there for sure. Um, all right. Finishing up in the comments here. Randy Cleaver says, Kraft is the dog on offense. Brooks is the dog on defense. Man, Carl Brooks, we just got to get him more snaps. We've got to figure out a way to get him on the field. He is so solid, man. And and I want to see him stress him a little bit in the run. You know what I'm saying, Tim? Because he does come in a lot of nickel sets, and and it's kind of a pass rushing situation. He's that guy that they they send out there and say, hey, man, go over and run that TT for Kenny. Just blast three linemen out of the way. But he's still getting to the quarterback after blasting three linemen. That's what's wild. It happened twice in that game. On two different TTs, he still hit home and was – pressure in the quarterback himself when his job was really just to occupy at least two, maybe three blockers. Um, I agree with Brooks and Kraft is that guy. The cool thing about Kraft too, um, like uh, Nick McSwain goes on to say, he said, Kraft always looking to bust some heads. And I respect that. What's crazy is at the end of the game, we showed it on chalk talk. If you got a chance to see it. Um, he actually, with the game on the line there at the end, you, you want to ask the game rather than lower his head and try to bust some heads like he normally does situationally knowing, I need to get on the ground here and protect the football. I mean, that's just the dude. You can tell he's got a high football IQ. There's no yep. difference, no two ways about that. All I can think about too, Tim, 
is back at training camp. You remember when uh, back at training camp, LaFleur said he was leaving the facility, and as he was leaving, he noticed it was it was late too that evening. Tucker Craft and uh, Luke Musgrave were still in their room, and they were studying the playbook. Yep. I remember him specifically saying, I'm going – at the time, I'm going. God, don't get your hopes up, man. They're rookies. It's going to take it. It's going to take damn near take a miracle to get them on the field consistently and have them actually contribute. Well, I was wrong on that. Really wrong. So, yeah, you know, it's hard work beats talent every time. I don't care. I don't care who you are. And, and when you're talented and you work hard, this is the end result. Absolutely. And um, you know, these rookies, you know, you can't. Uh, it's really hard to coach up or to teach drive and dedication, those kind of things, you know, when you're, you know, no pun intended, but being a master of your craft takes, uh, takes the effort and, and being willing to do those extra things. We talked about that last night with our, uh, our offense and, you know, meeting with Jordan every Monday over at the, over at the house and having some food and breaking down film and, you know, that kind of stuff is extra. That's not required of these guys, you know, especially young players too, you know, this day and age where there's so much to do, you got, you know, more money than you've ever had in your life. And, you know, a little bit of fame and notoriety, you know, be real easy for uh, a young man to kind of get caught up in the wrong habits. And it's just refreshing to see in green Bay, our guys are all ball all the time during the year. You know, you can uh, go get on your jet ski and have fun in the, in the off season. Um, try to wait about three months before the season. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's get that out of your system. Um, Who was there? Somebody in Florida this year or last year it was. They got hurt on a jet ski like right before camp. Oh, that's so frustrating. (laughs) Right. Or like um, JPP, you know, blowing blowing his fingers off with a a firework. It's like, God, could you imagine getting that call? Talk about the the NFI of all NFIs. I'm giving up. I mean, to his credit, he hasn't missed a beat. I mean, the guy is still playing effective football, even being down a few few chunks of finger there. But yeah, man, you, you got to love the players that are just you know focused, man. And that's that's the difference. That's what you know, professional, right? That's what a pro does. You're a professional in all senses of the term. Or how about our our man uh, Plexico Burris in the oh club? Shot himself in the leg, didn't he? Shot himself. Yeah. Like, listen, it's one thing. I live in Tennessee. We all carry down here. We carry everywhere. We like, like we protect our community. That's just how we see stuff. Um, that's why you don't get a lot of crime where I'm at. Is because anyone who thinks about, you know, committing crime, they're looking around going, eh, he's probably got a gun. He's probably got a gun. I'm just saying. Um, and I'm all for, you know, uh, making sure that everyone is safe. And there's been a couple of times I've looked up and went, Oh God, he's probably got a gun. You know what I mean? Like, there's some idiots out there too. But um, well, Plaxico, yeah, Plaxico taught the, he taught us all the lesson. If you're gonna carry a gun, you got to have a holster. Yeah, shot himself <laughs> in the leg in the in the club. I'm sorry, Plexico. I got to do this to you. Jen Wright says, "What's that, Tim?" Jen Wright says, "Loved when Musgrave catch the pass and everyone screams Luke." Uh, reminded me of Coon. Yeah, I, I love that stuff too. Uh, same thing with uh, with uh, Christian Watson. You know, when we get him back healthy, we got to get the scoop going. Scoop yeah. would be perfect. I heard him say it a couple times, but obviously the injuries have kind of uh, put a little bit of a damper on him, us being able to say it consistently, I should say. So, um, yeah, good stuff. I agree with this. Cody in the chat says we need an Aaron Jones statue. We need two of them. 
Matter of fact, put three of them up. Because <laughs> need the one of the wave, right? Yeah, yeah, Bye. exactly. Oh my gosh, man, we got to pull that up. I'm gonna have to post that gift later on Twitter for sure. Um, yeah, so let's move along here, Tim. Let's keep this thing rolling. Let's move on to the defensive side of the ball. Um, we had a comment. I think I unmarked it like a moron. Um, actually, we got a super chat. It was something about Jai. You marked it, and I don't even know if I covered it. Talking about yeah, Jai. I know we were moving on. He was talking about uh, making um, <laughs> Jai captain this yeah. week. <laughs> yeah, he said uh, make Jai captain this week uh, for shutting down DJ Moore, even though he didn't follow him sometimes. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about the defense here. Badger Trio, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says seven and a half underdog. Yes, please shock the world. Hey, house money, baby, house money. Nobody expecting you to win. But I guarantee you this, Matt LaFleur has got that seven and a half points plastered all over 1265, letting them guys know they don't think you stand a chance. They don't mm-hmm. think, think you stand a chance. I'll tell you someone else who was good at that was uh, the New England Patriots and, and uh, uh, with Rob Gronkowski. I think it was Billy O'Brien, his first stint with the New England Patriots. Hearing Gronk talk about how he coached him, he would come over to the sideline and just talk absolute crap to Rob Gronkowski. They're owning you. They're putting you and and just putting a quarter in him. And Rob, he's it, literally Edel, Edelman on his pop is like you could see Rob's face completely change from Rob to Gronk. <laughs> it was just go out there. And I don't know if you ever seen the video of him throwing the guy out of the club. What he referred to, it, it was absolutely awesome. He uh, blocked a dude from like the five yard line into the corner near the pylon, drove him eight yards out of bound, and pancaked him. And they asked him after the game. I think he got a penalty for it, too. They asked him after the game, you know, what happened. He said, well, he's just running his mouth off. I had to throw him out of the club. I had to throw him out of the club. <laughs> it was absolutely an old bouncer awesome. move. <laughs> Gronk, I think, you know, I'd have to sit down and dig through the numbers, but I, I feel really comfortable saying Rob Gronkowski is the greatest tight end ever play the game. He was just, man, someone you could line up on the boundary and he could play receiver at that with that body. His body control, that's what I'm kind of hoping we got with, with Tucker Craft, someone cut from the same mold, right? And, and look, it looks like we do, really. It, mean, it reminds you of him. And I know I'm going to get roasted for saying first ballot Hall of Famer, a rookie tied in, reminds you of him. But when you see him with the ball, man, it's like his hands are the thing I'm most surprised about. You expected him to run over people. You expected him to have crazy size and athletic ability. You expected him to kind of be that inline tied in, although I think the analytics show Luke Musgrave's been a little bit better at run blocking. You see Musk, you see Tucker getting better every week. I didn't expect him to have that good of hands coming out of a small school. Usually Christian Watson, what was the issue early? Drops, right? He was struggling catching the ball. Um I, I expected Tucker to be the same way, man. He's been as sure handed as they are. When he catches the ball, it's like it disappears. Yeah. It just he engulfs it. He's such a massive human being. It'd be like us catching a Nerf ball, you know what I mean, with yep. his hand size and all that. So, again, Badger Trio, thank you so much for the super chat, bud. We, we appreciate it. Let's talk about defense real quick. Um, so, we read this quote off the other day. Preston Smith uh, was asked, and uh, Matt Schneiden tweeted this out, said uh, Preston Smith responding to Joe Barry, said, quote, Joe B's been dialing it up. He gets a lot of hell in the media. He gets a lot of hell in the media, but we've come together. We play for Joe B. Kenny Clark said something similar, right? Well, our boy Quay Walker had something to say here. Keep in mind, this is one week after Jair Alexander was was suspended, right? If you guys would hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. Here's what Quay Walker had to say about it. It's really the first part that I'm going to play, and I'll probably just end it because the rest of it is just – he kind of gives vanilla answers, and I don't blame him. You don't want to give the media anything. But here's what he said referring to uh, Joe Barry and just the, the play call and everything. 
stepped up when it mattered most, uh -huh. had five sacks as a team. What did you feel like was different this game? Uh, I just feel like we bought into the plan. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, they come in here with a different mindset of, oh, we don't like that call, whatever the case may be. Just buying in, controlling what we control, and playing everybody doing a 111 on the back end, holding up routes so the pass rush can get there. And uh, all that just tying together whenever you do that. Obviously, you went through so much last season. Yeah. Mentally, for you, the place you're in right now, being a playoff team, how much different is this year for you compared to last season? Man, I'm way better mentally than I was last year. Uh, I put a lot on myself as a rookie. Uh, being a high draft pick, so I had a lot of high expectations, seeing what people were saying about me, stuff like that. So I was always just trying to prove people wrong instead of proving myself right. But like now, uh, the position I'm in mentally, uh, it's been the best. So uh, kudos to everybody who helped me along the way. But uh, I feel like I play my best ball whenever I'm at, in that position mentally. Do you feel like everything that you've been through up to this point has put you in a position sure. to play your best ball now? Yeah, that actually helped me. Uh, all the mistakes that I made, uh, it actually helped me in today's today's time, I'll say. Uh, so as bad as I don't like what I did, uh, I actually like it because it made me look at things different, get a different uh, aspect of things, and uh, just be more grateful for the opportunity that I have. Just last thing, you get to play Dallas in the first round. Obviously, a team that has a lot of offensive weapons. Mm -hmm. What's the first thing that stands out about them that you feel like you guys are going to have to defend well? I can't quite say too much because I ain't really watched them. We haven't played them. Uh, we played them last year, so they got some star players with Tony. Uh, CD, but uh, I got to look at the other guys and see, but I don't want to say too much because I haven't watched film on them, but it's pretty much it. So, again, that opening part, I'm going to play it one more time. You guys stepped up when it mattered most, uh -huh. had five sacks as a team. What did you feel like was different this game? Uh, I just feel like we bought into the plan. Uh, a lot of guys, uh, they come in here with a different mindset of, oh, uh, we don't like that call, whatever the case may be. Just buying in, controlling what we control, and playing everybody doing a 111 on the back end, holding up routes so the pass rush can get there. And uh, all that just tying together whenever you do that. Hey, it looked like Quay stepping up as a leader and saying, look, I think people I think people weren't buying in. They weren't. What have we shown all year long on the tape is blown coverages, Jair refusing to follow. It's not just Jair. There was other people that were not refusing to follow but blowing their coverage. I'm not trying to put this on just 23. But lo and behold, the suspension happens. The defense kind of steps up again. The young guys are going to listen to the coaches. Carrington, Ballantyne, Ballantyne, those guys, they're going to listen to the coaches. Anthony Johnson Jr., he's going to listen to the coach. He may make a mistake, but it's not going to be because, well, I ain't doing that, right? And we still showed you three different plays, one specifically where Ja just completely bailed on his third deep, right, his, his deep third responsibility. And luckily, Justin Fields' booty cheeks, and he didn't see the crosser. If he hits that crosser, it's fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry. When it should have been, why is Jair not playing his assignment there? And you're going, Clayton, how can you be so sure? Because it's it's literally process of elimination. Deep third, deep third. Where's the deep third over here? We just decided we wasn't going to cover the deep third. Okay, who's on that side? It's got to either be Ja or Owens, Okay. Owens clamps down on the inside technique. If he's taken the number one or even the number two, because once he crosses midfield, it now becomes if and then. If he crosses midfield, if he cuts across the middle, then it becomes man coverage in zone match. The only thing, the only other answer left on the field is Josh supposed to cover deep third. And he's thinking nobody over here is attacking it. Man coverage mentality. When, when all honesty, it's I don't need to be there now we got a crosser coming, right? It's all about side adjustment. So I think that's what he's talking about there. 
Uh, what do you think, though, Tim, on the, his initial comments there? You can also comment on him growing as a player, obviously. I think that's absolutely huge. But that first comment just really stood out to me. You've now got Kenny Clark. You've got Preston Smith. You've got Quay going, hey, I think guys were just not liking the play call and they need to buy in. We had Ja saying that, too, right at the yeah. beginning of this year. Ja himself said that. So, yeah. you know, it can be tough uh, to get player, you know, young players to buy into things if they're if they don't quote unquote believe in it um but i think what we've seen is um you know these guys have a reason to believe you know when you see preston talking about hey we play for joe b you know it may have taken a while to sell them on these concepts but i I think when they go and they review this tape and these film from these games they're starting to understand it you know and i'm sure there was an adjustment made um, in this last game against Chicago, because, you know, Jair in the first half versus Jair in the second half was like night and day. And it, you got to wonder if someone, you know, pulled him to the side at halftime or got in his ear a little bit and said, Ja, come on now. Yeah. What did we talk about? And then he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. OK, you're right. Let's go. And, you know, when you've got 11 guys buying in and doing their jobs, you get a performance like uh, we saw against the Bears. And I can't say enough, just like Badger Trio here. Walker's grown up a lot since last year. I love the comment, you know, uh, uh, Quay said, you know, I was focused on proving all these people wrong rather than proving myself right. You know, and I I understand where he's coming from with that. And um, you do, you see a lot of uh, growth from this young man um, because he took it upon himself to do it. You know, the frustration that that he had last year, some of these knuckleheaded plays that he made, he knows that that's on him. And he knows, you know, you know, how you arrive at confrontation determines how you deal with the confrontation. Well, it's the same thing with adversity or mistakes. You know, a mistake is only a bad thing if you don't learn from it. And, and you know, Quay Walker had uh, plenty of those mistakes in his rookie year and has clearly learned from all of them. I think of all the, the plays that we've had in all of these games this year where we've had extracurricular crap after the whistle and guys, you know, jibber jabbering and little extra shove and pushes and shoves and Quay just, I mean, I've seen him put his hands behind his back. You know, he'll put his hands behind his back and start backpedaling away from that. Almost like I'm not even going to give myself a chance to overreact here and get, get myself and my team in trouble. And it's like this guy went from becoming a personal foul liability last year to literally the most stable guy, (laughs) arguably on this defense. And, uh, we saw it in some of the film when we did Chalk Talk the other day, you know, quite doing a little trash talking, a little gamesmanship after the play. Hey, that's part of football, man. You know, you want a guy that's going to play passionately and uh, give it his all and, yeah, maybe talk a little trash. That's okay. But, you know, there's limits to all of this, and he understands that. So, uh, you know, and that's what being a leader is. These younger players on this team can look to a guy like that, you know, who is not a rookie anymore, but certainly not full-on veteran status. So, you know, a guy like Quay Walker is, you know, super easy to relate to if you're a young rookie um, on this defense. And, uh, you know, he leads by example and he's, uh, you know, also leading off the field, too. And love the comment about Dallas. You know, hey, I haven't really got into the film yet. You know, I'm sure they're they're doing a deep dive right now as we speak. Oh, yeah. And uh, you got to respect a guy that's willing to hold his comments uh, until he sees film. So, um, you know, shout out to Quay Walker, man. Yeah. One of my favorites, absolute favorites on this team. It really is, man. He, like I said, he won me over when he's walking down that tunnel after getting ejected last year. I was just like, yeah. And the, and the, the casual idiots are looking at that like he's 
throwing a temper tantrum. Yeah. And it's like, okay. no, he was mad at himself. Yeah, he still doesn't get it. He still doesn't get it. He's yeah. blaming everybody else. Are you watching what I'm watching right now? Yeah. And it's a, just a perfect example of in the moment how people tweet emotionally, and it's just – it's so obnoxious, man, so obnoxious, especially with the defense. Like, they were quiet all night against the Bears. And, you know, they being the the, def- the, the people who are just wanting this defense to fail. You know, the one, the 85%, whatever it was, that voted they would rather us lose out and fire Joe Barry than, you know, make it to the playoffs and end the season on a positive note and keep him. Um and I understand the votes that says I want both. I got you. <laughs> That's probably where I fell. <laughs> but it's just that emotional. And you watch them. If you watch Twitter, quiet all night with the Bears, but all the other games the rest of the season, quiet, quiet. As soon as something goes bad, here's this defense. They were. It's like they had it topped up in a draft, so they'd be ready to hit tweet as soon as it happened. Yeah. Hilarious. Happy Jen, <laughs> yeah. Jen Wright in the chat says, Ja rises to the occasion. Uh, versus top wide receivers, maybe Russ still. I've seen a lot of rust in man coverage, Jim, to be honest. Uh, the thing I'm concerned about is the mental mistakes. And it, it to me, it's not like a, he doesn't know what to do here, mental mistake. It's uh, he's, he's still trying to push back on the system a little bit, the scheme. Like, just jump in, man. You know, And I don't think he's out there going, man, the heck with this scheme, I'm going to do what I want to do. I just think he's so used to – being in his own head is, is what it feels like, right? I think he's, like, got the best intentions. You know, it's almost like I, – I agree. Like, I don't think he's, like, hating on the scheme. I think he's just – he's the type of player that wants to, like, do it all on every play. And, Very you know true. What I mean? And that's why you see him sometimes, ah, I'll bite down when I shouldn't be because maybe I can jump around here and make a play. Or, you know – so it comes from a good place. The problem is, is it throws things out of whack when you're trying to run a scheme. And I think that's part of Jaw's maturity, too, as a player, as he's, like I said, kind of really fully stepping into veteran status in this league now um, in that middle ground. Right. You're not a rookie. You're not really a young guy. You're still young. But, you know, it's like he's really putting his whole repertoire together as as a player. And, you know, the rust, the rust factor is a real thing. But, uh, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't want to hear it anymore. You know, you you've had a couple games here, you know, like. Yeah, the suspension probably did more good than bad, honestly, I think. Um, so let's see what happens, uh, you know, down the stretch here, playoff football. And, you know, you got to remember, Jaws one of those guys that does have, you know, one of the few on this team that has some playoff experience. So, yeah. you know, we can't we, – we have to lean on guys like that. We have to look to Jod to be a leader in this scenario. And, uh, you know, who knows? Maybe that's maybe – that's, uh, part of this game plan going into Dallas. Maybe Joe Barry does kind of dial it up a little bit and go, all right, Ja, you want to want to do a little of this, a little of that? Let's work it into the game plan so the other 10 guys on the field know what the hell you're doing out there. Right. And uh, maybe we can utilize that, you know, because we're going to have our hands full, man. CeeDee Lamb is no joke. That guy is no freaking joke. And, uh, you know, this secondary has got to be on point on Sunday for us yeah. to get a dub. It's And you've seen Meg several times on yeah. Sunday. Right. You've seen man everywhere you go several times with Jai. It's just the plays that the coverages got blown. He played outside of the scheme. And then one time he tried to pass it up. He, he didn't even try to pass it off. He just, it's like he was expecting everyone else. You can't go in with the mindset of guys adjust to me. If you're, you're right. a true reader, right. you've got to be willing to pick other people up. It bothers I don't want to see Meg. I'd rather see Mod yeah. for him, honestly. It, it bothers me that Savage, 
of all people, Darnell Savage is having to correct the highest paid corner in the game. And I understand Savage is making the calls and stuff. That what Savage wasn't going, hey, Ja, here's the call. Savage was going, Ja, what the hell are you doing? Like, get over here, <laughs> which tells me that was that was either supposed to be just a, a normal cover one call or Meg uh, on that specific play. I'm pretty sure that was just cover one if I remember right. You know, because Meg is where you can throw in a man everywhere you go in a specifically a zone defense and and most most of the time is a cover two look or maybe I feel like job would do better with mod you know like stay stay in quarters concept and give him an opportunity like hey man if he crosses your face go you know that's that's what's got to be frustrating for the coaches Tim because they're looking at it the same way we are going he would dominate in strictly mod just playing zone match yep you still get your man coverage aspect right but it's like he's – I don't know, man. I i don't want to say what I'm about to say, but I'm going to say it. I feel like it's one of those cases where you conveniently pick when you don't like something. Like right. In this, this specific moment, I don't want to do this, so I'm just going to complain about it and race stink and not do it like a little kid. Um, but I know this, he's – He's definitely uh, he's earned a lot of my respect the way he came back, the way he just kind of embraced the locker room coming back in. Um, let's hope he, he balls out, man. I'll tell you. And he, here's the thing. I showed you guys it was three plays on Chalk Talk where he popped up. And I didn't show those plays just to go, ha, look at Ja. I showed a play because we got a sack. And if it hadn't been for the sack because Ja dropped his coverage, it would have been a touchdown on the crosser. The other two were explosive plays one of which was primarily because Ja refused to play his assignment. So in in those sp- specific situations, it wasn't like I was going, hey, let's rag on Ja. It was just, damn, the only two explosive plays we had, he was kind of somewhat at fault here. So yeah. you had to show it. Um, and even when he, when he that, leaves an assignment, jumps around and gets a pick six, we're all happy and nobody cares. But it's absolutely. like the problem is we haven't seen that in two and a half years. That's right. the problem. So. And he's the highest paid corner in the league. That hurts. So. Um, the other I like, thing, too, I like Nick McSwain's comment, right? I don't care if you don't like the scheme. You're getting paid to play within the scheme. You just got to give your best, even if you don't like it. I mean, yep. that's like all of us deal with in our daily lives, right? We're, you know, part of being an adult is doing doing crap you don't necessarily like. Yeah. Um, but if you're getting paid to do a job, you got to do the job, you know? Absolutely. And the other thing, too, like now go the completely opposite end of the spectrum. Carl Brooks. Hey, Carl, here's your job. You're not going to get the sack. Okay. What I need you to do is sacrifice your body and run as hard as you can and put your face into 650 pounds of human being so someone else can get the sack. And Carl's like, got it, coach. Let's roll. <laughs> you know what I mean? On those TT stunts specifically is what I'm talking about. So um, Badger Trio says, I love this team, man. They're going to grow together. I hope Jaws a part of it too, Badger Trio. I want him to be a part of that growth. I want him to – the you could tell the DBs look up to him. You've heard Carrington Valentine talk about him. Um, yeah, I, I just want him to get 100% invested. And we don't know if he isn't, right? That, it could have been the rust. I, mm. I feel comfortable saying that was the rust. Like Tim said, let's put the rust aside now. Let's go play ball. Yeah. Uh, Randy Cleaver's in the chat said, coming together as a team at the right time. It, it's huge, man. It's absolutely huge. You got uh, to think that J- Jair is having an impact too. Because when I look at, you know, Val and Bell – and uh, Ant Johnson and these guys, you see some of that swagger and that confidence. Oh, yeah. You see and the you, huh? Yeah. And you know what's funny? It's like, I don't care. I know there's a lot of people out there that are, I don't like that crap. You know, just play ball. I get it. But, man, if you're a DB in this league, you need that. 
you've got to have a little bit of that that swagger because you're going up against elite receivers. I mean, the talent in this league compared to 10 or 15 years ago is is just absolutely insane. The way these guys run routes, uh, they're 40 times. You know, we talk about RAS, Goody's favorite uh, <laughs> favorite metric, and it and, and it's true. So you know, you're going to get cooked if you if you don't walk out on that field with some semblance of confidence. You know, like I said, it's a it's a fine line between confidence and cockiness. You know, aptitude and arrogance. But, you know, I think Ja does a, a good job of working with these young guys and being that kind of positive influence to them. Um, and it may explain why we're getting such good play out of out of our rookie secondary guys. You know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this secondary should be getting lit up when you look at, you know, the issues we have at safety and, you know, having a bunch of young rookie corners. And and it's just we're seeing really good play. A lot to work on, obviously, but um I don't think you can understate what job brings um, as far as leadership to that, uh, that cornerback room. Yeah, I agree. Um, read that. Uh, I've got a couple of chats there, Mark. I'm going to download a video real quick. I want to show to the guys. Oh yeah. Ron here. Oh, you yeah. can't play a violent sport like this without a little talking. Yeah. Like we were talking about Quay Walker, you know, Loved it. I got to cut that video, Tim. I got to tweet that out, man. Come yeah. On. Oh yeah. That after that play, that was great. It, it, and that's how you do it. Right. Right. Comment, get in your head a little bit, and then I'm out of here. Punch. You don't throw a punch. You don't show. You just get right in that ear and go, boy, I'm right here all day long. (laughs) That's right. Um, Um, You know, like, or when he pancaked that offensive lineman, that was just just stared at him. And then, right. And no talk after that when he just kind of looked down, like, you good, bro? Yeah. Everything all right? You're all right. How's the weather down there? Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's so true, though. There's a lot of talking for sure. Josh in the chat said, did anyone see the reporter in Wisconsin saying live outside of Lambeau? Um, and Jair said, Pack is back, and she didn't even know it was him. So maybe I should trigger up the uh, the conspiracy music. I kind of felt like this might have been staged. Not with Ja, but, well, I guess it would have had to have been. The news agency came out and said, God love her. She had no idea. So maybe it's legit. Some people are going to shut up, Clayton. I don't care if it is stage. Let's pretend like it's real because it is gold. This is what they're talking about. I actually pulled the video. You ready for this, Tim? I know you've seen it. This is absolutely phenomenal. Josh, thank you for bringing this up, buddy. Here we go. And I'm sure they'll bring that energy right to Texas. I'm just tell you, Pack is back. You heard it from a fan right here. Pack is back. Tickets to Sunday's game range from close to $200 all the way up to thousands of dollars on Ticketmaster. So we'll see what the representation looks like over in Dallas, live outside Lambeau Field. Emily, One more time. And I'm sure they'll bring that energy right to Texas. I'm just tell you, Pack is back. <laughs> you heard it from a fan right here. Pack. <laughs> Took it down. <laughs> Look, I'm going to tell you right now, there's absolutely no way that was staged. Uh, hey, I can thank you. Thank you. I, thank you. I hope you, it was. <laughs> I can tell you from experience, I've, I've, I've done... Uh, I never did TV, but I did radio um, a long, long time ago. Live uh, feeds, live broadcast is a whole different ballgame. I challenge any of you out there to go ahead and try and do it. it. It's extremely difficult, especially in today's media where these reporters are having to produce, film, do their own story. You know, I, I'm almost willing to bet you there is no way she had a cameraman out there. She probably set up her own camera, set up her own shot doing her own story. And when you're live and somebody crashes a shot like that, I, I honestly think she didn't, she barely even looked 
You know what I mean? I, it's an honest mistake. It's it's not like, uh, you know, it's not like she doesn't know who Jair is. It's like, I don't, I think she was so focused on trying to do her job. Right. That it probably dawned on her later, like, oh, oh, that was, that was, that was a packer that crashed, crashed my shot, you know? So uh, guys ease up on the, on the, on the reporter here, you know, like they have more on their plate now uh, as journalists uh, than they ever had before. So uh, kudos to her for rolling with it too, you know, and just kind of finishing up her report. That's a total professional right there. Yeah. And everyone in the chat saying no way it was staged. They completely agree. Um, Now I'm going to play it one more time. The thing you said about live TV, you notice how the audio cut for a minute. So it kind of made me think, did somebody cut the clip because it was live, right? Or do you think that was pre-recorded? What do you think? You think it was actually? I think it was probably live. But uh, nonetheless, watch how the audio cuts. Like they were worried he was going to say something inappropriate. And I'm sure they'll bring that energy right to Texas. I'm just tell you, pack is back. <laughs> did you hear it? It's yeah. Kinda- that- that could be anything, you know, that could be yeah. a glitch. That could be, I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I, I'm telling you, though, I think <laughs> there's no way it's staged. The, yeah. the, the crazy part is, is, is uh, loving the fact that at like, you know, 730 in the morning or whatever, you got, uh, you got Jair hanging out on the, on, on the, the Lombardi Avenue side there. On by the, the atrium side, yeah. <laughs> so, so another reason to assume he's a fan. And, hey, let's be honest. You don't think Jair's a fan of the Packers? Come on now. Of course he is. That could have been the case too, Jen. He might have said O-S or O-F or something. Like I seen the camera, you know, and they had to cut that out. Could have been. I don't think I've ever heard him use bad language. Though. He seems like one of those guys that he uh, – I know he talks crap, but um, I don't know. He uh, – I just want him to be the old job, man. I want him to go out there and just ball out because he's so much fun, so much fun to watch when he's on. If you don't believe me, go watch the Rams game. God, he was just – that was old job. And yeah. this last game, too, what I was trying to point out, the three plays we showed, they were negative plays, yeah. Still graded as a 73. So what does that tell you about the rest of the game? He's trending back in the right direction. So let's see him go out there and, uh, and ball out against the Cowboys. So, All right. Let's get out of here, Tim. I had a bunch of other stuff to cover. We'll roll it into tonight. I'll try to get organized. I was going to show a Dan Orlovsky breakdown of Jordan Love. We've also got a bunch of Packers-Cowboys stuff to, to dive into as far as a preview. We'll also have the injury report for this evening to kind of see if the Packers are getting healthy. Um, I'm not going to believe anything on Christian Watson, especially after Matt LaFleur basically came out and said, yeah, I kind of misled you all a little bit. <laughs> I respect it, Coach, trying to keep that competitive advantage. But we're, we, I don't think we can dig too deep into uh, what their plan is in that regard. But if you guys would, hit that like button for us so other Packer fans can find this channel, find this content. Also want to give a shout-out to PackerNet Podcast, if we, you guys would. If you like this type of content, you can scan the QR code in the upper right or just search PackerNet Podcast. Um, that's where you'll find, like I said, this podcast. You'll find Ryan Schlipp's PackerNet Podcast, Jake Shavink, it's always draft season pro- uh, podcast. Got a bunch of, uh, bunch of stuff going on. I think there's, on average, we got four brand-new podcasts every single day. So if you're one of those Packer fans that – as, as the coverage winds down at the end of the season, you find yourself having to dig through podcasts to find stuff in the offseason. You don't have to worry about that with Packernet. There'll be content up every single day, even in the offseason. We are a 365-day-a-year network, so make sure you go uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff wherever you get your podcast. Tim, you got any parting thoughts, Bubba? Uh, yeah. I tried this one chilling that set my mouth on fire, and I had to drink a two-liter Mountain Dew.
that dude. Got to get that dude. And never forget Mr. Fiddles was 2006 Christmas MVP, obviously for his defensive performance there when the kid opened the PS2 or PS3, whatever it was, PS4, (laughs) PS7, whatever they're up to now. So that being said, guys, we're out of here. Appreciate everybody hanging out with us. We'll be back this evening. Um, for uh, PTA Live, we'll have an injury update. want to give a special thanks to Badger Trio for the super chat. You are the man. Really, really appreciate you supporting the stream. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world, and go Pack Go.